An adorable Swedish tradition has its roots in sinister human experimentation. An audible first story from Atlas Obscura by Hannah Glasser. I'm Mike Delgadio. During the Second World War, at a mental hospital outside of Lund, Sweden, researchers forced a group of patients to ingest 24 pieces of a sticky, light brown substance in a single day. These severely disabled patients were involuntary participants in a long-term study commissioned by the state medical board in cooperation with big industry, and this coerced feeding would continue for three years. The four to six doses that they consumed four times a day over that time were in some ways sweeter than their typical medicines, but also more troubling. No benefit to the patient was ever expected. Rather, the goal was to measure the damage inflicted by the substance over time and determine a dosage safe for public consumption. The ruinous treatment in question was a caramel candy. The corporate underwriters were sugar, chocolate, and candy companies. And the effects of the so-called VPOLM experiments still reverberate today. In fact, one direct result has become a lasting, even beloved part of Swedish culture. In Sweden, Saturday is for sweets. The Swedish custom of Lordeskutis, or Saturday candy, was spurred by the results of the VPOLM experiments, which definitively proved that sugar, particularly between meals, causes tooth decay. The idea behind Lordeskutis is moderation, to limit candy consumption to a weekly rather than a daily occurrence. Once a week, Swedes are given a free pass to indulge in all the gummies, chocolates, and salty licorice their Nordic hearts desire. Non-Nordic hearts will most likely take a pass on the salty licorice. However, few Swedes standing in line at the supermarket to collect pick-and-mix candy on Saturday morning know that their weekly indulgence was spurred by the sustained mistreatment of 660 psychiatric patients. Before the VPOM experiments, the cause of tooth decay had been a topic of much speculation. People blamed their dental woes on everything from wine and hot foods to masturbation and vitamin deficiency, writes Samira Kawash in her book, Candy, A Century of Panic and Pleasure. By 1938, leading scientists around the world were pointing to either too many carbohydrates or a lack of various vitamins as the source of dental cavities. But there was no definitive proof. What was evident, however, was that the Swedes were in serious need of a dental intervention. A study carried out in the 1930s showed that three-year-olds there had cavities in a whopping 83% of their teeth, notes Bo Crass in a paper in the Journal of Dental Research. New laws mandated that municipalities provide dental care to citizens, but there were not enough dentists to meet the demand. So a decision was made to shift to a prevention-focused model, a better use of resources than long waiting lists at doctor's offices. Problem was, no one knew how to prevent tooth decay yet. In search of clarity, the country's National Medical Board decided to undertake a long-term nutritional study to determine the root cause of the phenomenon once and for all. The most desirable, accurate study, it was determined, would test human subjects. Yet, human testing is famously difficult, as human behavior is so variable. In an ideal test, one would have human subjects whose vital signs could be monitored daily, who would follow a drug or dietary regime without fail, and whose environment could be totally controlled by the researchers. But where would one find such subjects? For the medical board, the answer was obvious. They had jurisdiction over the state mental institutions. Of the four state mental institutions, VPOM was perhaps the bleakest. It housed the cases deemed fully uneducable. Many patients could not dress themselves. Many were tied to their beds. 
The doors of the hospital were locked at all times, and the only private bedroom was an isolation chamber without any furniture, where patients in solitary slept on a bed bolted to the middle of the floor. At mealtimes, there were no knives or forks, only spoons. After an initial study focused on vitamins, the infamous carbohydrate study began in 1946. The 660 VPOM patients were chosen to undergo variations on extreme sugar consumption. One group consumed sugar in a solution, one group consumed sugary bread at meals, and the last group consumed special toffees between meals. The caramels had been specially formulated for stickiness so that they would cling to teeth and gums. When the study ended, 50 of the research subjects had completely ruined teeth. The VPOM study was a success insofar as it positively identified a link between sugar consumption and tooth decay. It was also reprehensible. It was the relative helplessness in...